This message is from Pastor Ezekiel Chima of Anointed Assembly International Ministry. May God bless you as you listen to the Anointed Word of Life. Let's bow our heads as we go into the message of the day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we bless you. We worship you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, the adoration as we commit today's service unto the mighty hand. We ask, Father, what to bring for liberation and healing. We ask for that word to bring forth mighty promotion of destinies. We say let that word reform us and make us to be better Christians. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The message is titled Character Reformation. And we're taking our message from the book of 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 1 to 14. And Psalm 71 verse 21. So I will quickly read Psalm 71 verse 21. Said, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Greatness of God brings for comfort. His greatness brings for comfort. So we're going to look at the things that activate greatness. First Kings chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, a pact agreement with him, and took Pharaoh's daughter. And brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. Solomon did what he was not, not supposed to do. Solomon's ungodly marital entanglement with the daughter of Pharaoh was one of the things that affected his character and relationship with God. He almost lost his calling and when he retraced his steps, he declared that everything without God is vanity upon what? Vanity. God said you should not go into marriage. You should not have anything to do with people who are not called my people, uncircumcised people, don't have anything to do with them. Solomon entered into marriage with them. That was an ungodly character. Verse 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. You could be a child of God, and you could be influenced into certain actions by the devil. He loved the Lord. But he still disobeyed God. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand bond offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth. And in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness. That thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne. As it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. That means, after my father, that is what it means. David my father. And but a little child. You must admit your weaknesses before God. God created you. What are you hiding from him? 
You must admit your weakness. If you want God to help you, you must admit your weakness. If you want God to help you, you must say, I can't help myself. The man that wanted the Lord to heal the daughter came to Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ was talking about faith, he said, Lord, help my what? Unbelief. He opened up. I don't think I have that faith too. I don't think I have what it takes to receive that blessing from you. But I know you can help me in that area. That's why we have help from God. There's a prayer we call help from God. What we cannot handle, we put you in prayer. Help from God. Help. Solomon said, I'm better child. We will know why he said I'm better child. He's been with his father. He saw how his father commanded the, the military. He saw how his father ruled. He saw everything. He still said, I am better what? A child. He said, you have handed over this book to me from my father. I have inherited this leadership. From my father. Verse 7. I'm but a child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered, nor counted for what? Multitude. Solomon knew that his father was a man of wisdom. He knew the troubles his father went through to organize the kingdom. He saw the wars. He saw the battles. He saw where it was necessary for his father to kill. He had to kill. His father's son was so much soiled. That's why the Lord said, it wouldn't be for me. Your son would be. So when he inherited, in fact, he was not even interested in that leadership. He was not interested in being the king. There were so many others that were interested. Absalom, Adonijah, and so many of them. But because God is a covenant keeper, God cleared us once. That what was written about Solomon must come to pass. That is why anybody standing between your break is wasting his time. Because God will sweep and clear them, whether they like it or not. It just fell upon him. It was the mother who went to, when Adonijah went to declare himself king, but the mother went and said, Remember, you promised me. Now Adonijah has gone to make himself king. If he said, Yes, I promise you. Call her better. Oh, yeah. God make Solomon. Solomon never wanted, he never lobbied, he never gathered people for anything to. He never. He just came upon him. He looked at the height, the shoes his father had worn. I can't step in that shoe. It's too big for me. He looked at the elders. I don't have what it takes to rule these people. My father had a way of handling them. These people are too great. Look at the elders. White-haired old men full of wisdom. My father had a wonderful charisma of handling them. Where am I going to start? I was never prepared for this. He came before God and made himself naked before God. Because with God, all things are what? Possible. He said, I am but a child. I do not know how to go out and come in. This will have given to me a great people. I don't even have the wisdom to match. There are certain questions they will ask me, I will not know my left from my right. He said, I don't have the wisdom. I don't have anything. That's why humility will promote you, but pride will demote one body. I pray your humility will promote you this year. Amen. Nine. He said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and what? Bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Give me the wisdom so that I will know how to speak to them the words of wisdom, to say the right thing. To know what is good and what is bad. And the speech pleased the Lord as Solomon had asked this thing. 
Prayer of humility will always place the Lord. Anytime, anywhere. He said, a broken and contrite spirit that will never despise. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing, has not asked for thyself long life, neither has thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked for the life of thy enemies, but hast asked for thyself, understanding to discern judgment. He said, behold, I have done according to thy words. I have given you what you want, he said, but I have equally added Jara. Tell us about I'm going home with Jara today. I am going home with Jara today. Yes. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. I give you a wise and understanding heart. There will never be anyone that will exhibit the kind of greatness you will exhibit. Even after you are dead, none will be able to exhibit that greatness. Moses told God why God shouldn't do what he wanted to do. And God said, I will not do that thing because you have convinced me not to do it. It's not because that Moses was wiser than God. No. It was because God was marveled by the kind of spiritual defense, wars and wisdom that Moses has beaten. When he said, I'm going to clear these people. I'm going to clear them. Because they are full of other God when he went to bring the Ten Commandments. Moses said, Father, you have to repent of what you said. He said, God, you have to repent of what you said. And God was looking at him like, me repent? He said, yes. For think this evil in your heart. These are your people. Don't you know that if you kill them here, people will say, yes, you are powerful in Egypt, but you know you cannot take them to the promised land. That's why you destroy all of them here. Your glory will no longer shine forth. The Lord said, because of you, I will forgive it wasn't that Moses' wisdom was higher than God. It was because God was marveled by the level of wisdom he was relating with him. Your wisdom will make God change what he wants to do in your favor. Yeah. Say, put me in remembrance. Bring for your strong reason. Let us reason together. Told it to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that not need be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. When you bring your case convincingly, God will say, okay, we'll do it your way. Because the word of God is superior to his name. He said, my covenant will I not what? Break, not utter the words that are going out of my mouth. God, G-O-D, is an office of God. It's an office. But he said, even if heaven and earth pass away, my word will never what? Pass away. He doesn't joke with his word. That's what he always say. Bring my word to me. Give me my word. If you want to move me, Give me my word. And that's why here we have the word as a foundation. Because that's where the power is. If you want to move God, give him his word. That is his food. When first King chapter 3, he said, nobody like you. Verse 13. He said, and I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked. He didn't ask for this too. Because you have so much impressed me. I am giving you things that you do not ask for. That's why it's a study to show yourself approved. But you know how to argue your case before God. He gives you what you don't even qualify to have. He said, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And he that walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as the father David did walk, then I was letting thy what days. The Lord is good. So we see here that his godly character, for obedience, humility, success, and desire for divine direction showed up. 
The other side, we saw the ungodly character. He got married to who he shouldn't have gotten married to, the daughter of Pharaoh. This other side, we saw the godly character in him. Why? Because there are two kingdoms contesting over the soul of man. You see yourself at times doing the right thing. Most of you see yourself doing the wrong thing. You say, God, form man from dust of the earth. And breathed into the nursery man, the breath of our man became a living soul. Everyone created by our God is equipped with the character to do good. We are equipped with the character to do good. It is only disobedience that gives room for ungodly character to penetrate. Until Adam and Eve disobeyed God, ungodly character entered. Many allowed the ungodly flow in them to activate negative characters. Human beings have the power to activate positive or negative characters, depending on the kingdom influencing them. Why desiring and praying for the unction for greatness, wisdom, and favor upon our lives? It's important to know that these divine virtues are activated based on the functions of one's character. A ritualist, an unrobber, an assassin, a kidnapper, drug dealers could consider themselves great because of the millions in their bank accounts. They could say, we have so much. They might be considered being great, but we don't envy them. We don't want that kind of greatness. Why? Because they have evil character. Such people are considered people of negative characters because their kind of greatness is a pain to their society and generation. The blessings of the Lord is better rich, and he added no sorrow to it. We are talking about wisdom, favor, greatness from God, associated with good character. What I would say, there is dignity in what? Labor. We obtain greatness through the right way. People will praise you and say, I want to be like you. People say, oh, God, make me like this person. A positive character is a positive spirit, which ultimately activates divine virtue, while a negative character keys same virtue. The issue of character is very, very important, both in the spiritual and the physical realm. Solomon's positive character in his dream activated favor, wisdom, and greatness upon his life. What is character? When we talk about characters, we are talking about a person with many notable features. We are talking about a moral strength that motivates one into the realm of achievements and recognition. A character is a virtue that distinguishes you and makes you special. It's all about the characteristics that identifies one either for good or for bad. It's a combination of mental and moral ethics. Marking out a person or a group. This group is known for this. That is their character. This person is known for this. That is his character. I don't need to see him to tell you how he will react concerning this situation. Because I know his character. A character could be an ungodly one or a godly one. And people must know you for who you are. That is your character. Godly character is your integrity. If your character is not positive, it is negative. If your character is not influenced by the kingdom of God which is the kingdom of light, it simply means that person is under the control of the kingdom of the devil, which is darkness. And that's why today the Holy Spirit in his infinite wisdom is talking to us about character reformation. Many characters need to be reformed. You cannot operate in God's maximum purpose for you without a reformed positive character. Many destinies are dwelling in poverty because they refuse to allow the Holy Spirit access to their minds to reform their character. Spiritual poverty, physical poverty. Let this mind be in you, which was also who, in who? 
Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. It's the Holy Spirit that will empower that mind of Christ to be in you. First Corinthians two sixteen says, "But we have the mind of who? Christ." But the fact remains that you can never have the mind of Christ without a reformed character. If your character is not reformed, you can't have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that will put the mind of Christ in you. When you do not allow him access to your mind, how will one have the mind of Christ? Come with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9. If we read from verse 1, this one outlines Prophet Samuel's commission, instruction, commandment to Saul up to verse 8. Then in verse 9, he said, And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, after the commissioning, after the instruction, when Saul was ready to go, he said, God gave him another what? Heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. God gave him a new spirit. For Saul to accomplish God's purpose on earth, God had to reform his heart by giving him a new heart, the heart of Christ, the mind of Christ, by giving him a new spirit for positive character. He couldn't have ruled with a foundational character in him. God gave him a new character, a new heart, a new spirit, so they begin to see things the way God sees, hear the way he hears, act the way God wants him to act. Iron sharp net what? Iron. So that he could flow with God spiritually. Kings are the political administrative heads in those days in Israel. The prophets are the spiritual heads. God uses the prophet to prepare the king. Let me say this is the king. He's the political head of the country. Initially, God was using the prophet to rule so that he could flow. He could speak to them and they would do what he wants to do in that country, in Israel. All of a sudden, they say, no. Our prophets are old-fashioned, you guys. We want to have kings like the Philistines. We have to have kings like the other people. You don't you see for when he's moving, he moves in convoy, white, white horses, hundred horses, with flags, with soldiers. The king is coming. Convoy, 50 vehicles, with soldiers everywhere. We want to be like these countries. He said, that king you're looking for, they will destroy people. They will tax you. They will treat you people. They will flog you with scorpion. He said, we want and give us. We don't want this old prophet. We want happening guys as kings. He said, okay, no problem. If that is what you want. He said, this is what God said the kings will do. He said, um, let it be upon us, upon our children. No problem. He said, okay. So, you are not the king. But I will not remove this political headship. The prophet will still be there. I will use you to advise the king. Where he goes wrong, I will use you to draw him back. If there are problems, I will tell you how to deliver him because he's my child. This is my country. That was why when the king of Syria went and he somewhere, Satan Bush went for the king of Israel. He used prophet Elisha to tell the king, don't pass through that road. When the king goes wrong, he will use the prophet to correct the king. So the kings that worked in agreement with their prophet, they ended well. They rule very well. Some kings, when they enter, they look at the prophet. Prophet come and say, Thus said the Lord, King, you have blown it. He said, Are you not afraid? To talk to me, Almighty King. SSS Army. Give him bread of affliction and water of affliction. Kill him. A lot of prophets were killed. Some closed the office of the prophets. Shut down. 
as long as I'm king, nobody will hear any other. I am the one that says everything besides. But equally, God is really mercy. Each king he appoints, he gives them a new heart. Because at that time, he will have to relate with the king directly. So that was what he did. He raised up a program whereby, even though there is a prophet, he can still relate with the king by giving me a new heart. So he reformed his character. The Lord is good. So he gave me a new heart so that he could walk with him. That new heart brought forth new character. He was no longer seeing things the way he ought to see, was not seeing things the way God wants him to see things. So for Saul to accomplish God's purpose for him on earth, God had to reform his heart by giving him a new spirit. God couldn't have used him in his crude character. So he did something in his mind. King Saul was an achiever until he dropped the godly character. Pride took over. The best word of life is thus said the Lord. Instead of focusing on the commission God has called him, he wasn't interested in material things. Who will rule after me? The way this boy is going, if I don't do anything, this will prefer him more than my son. The way they are talking about David, if I don't do anything, when I die, they will prefer him. So he began to take laws into his hand and he began to do what he was not supposed to do. As long as Peter was focused on Jesus Christ, Peter was walking on top of the sea. As long as Saul was focused on God's direction, Saul was a success. He immediately removed his eyes from Jesus and began to focus on material things and position. He lost it. If anyone wants to see your godly character, he removed your focus from the Lord and refocus it to another way. Saul died a prideful king without honor in the kingdom of God. And he didn't accomplish God's vision for him on earth. For God to use Abraham, he spoke to him, Genesis chapter 2, he said, depart from their father's side, from their kindred, to a land I will show you. And this is what I will make you to be in that land. God couldn't have used Abraham in that Syria, in his father's house. He couldn't have reformed him. Without first of all reforming his character, he couldn't have used him. The Lord couldn't have reformed him while he was still with his people. The worshippers of idols. He couldn't have. Those people are very fanatical. Abraham talk about any other idol, they will kill him. Because they are idol worshippers. Their commandment is that once you do not recognize their God, you are not fit to be alive. And that's why the Lord talks about separation. He separated Abraham. There are situations, if you don't separate yourself, it's key the anointing of God upon your life. Kill your blessings. Spiritually. You might not kill physically, but they kill your blessings. That's why there are situations you must let go. He relocated Abraham so that he could reform him. There are times you need to separate yourself for God to reform you. When God to reform you, you must separate yourself from certain things. First of all, God had to relocate Abraham. Then the issue of reformation started. Why did the Lord advise us to live life of separation? It is because God cannot reform our character when we are carrying and still dwelling in the wisdom, ideas, culture, and goals of our forefathers. There will always be clash of interests. Many of us need to join the train of character reformation by dropping the evil load of family entanglements, social entanglements, and ungodly entanglements. Some of us are still carrying our family, everything we do, without knowing our family at times are the greatest problems we have. The Lord is not saying you should hurt them. At times you need to give them a break so that you can see clearly. It was not until Lot departed from Abraham that Abraham could see the Lord. If man has abandoned you, God has not abandoned you. If you are forsaken by man, God has not forsaken you. There is what is called headship by birth. There is another headship by spiritual ordination. 
They had seven sons before David. By scripture donation, the last David became the first. You had 12 sons of Israel. Simeon, Reuben, Levi, Judah. But by divine ordination, number 11, Joseph became the head at the time. After him, number 12, Benjamin, of which Saul is from his tribe, became the head. I don't know what I'm talking to someone because that is what is about happening in your family now. Because headship by birth is different from headship by ordination. God does not compete with people. Yes, be the headship by birth, no problem. But by the time God activates the headship by ordination, every other power, every other body will bow to that one. Yes, sir. Every perfect gift and good gift coming from who? God. The Lord is good. So he moved Abraham and began to walk with Abraham. He had to move the evil load of family entanglement. Today, the seed of Abraham, God's ordination upon your life is permanent. Acts 7 22. Character is a very important issue in life. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. You know what is called learned in the wisdom? Sorcery, witchcraft, all those powers. He was trained. The crown that Pharaoh wears is cobra. The crown has the graven image of cobra. They are trained to handle snakes, to move in power. Once you're a prince in Egypt, Pharaoh and his children, prince, anybody has to do with you are trained in power so that nobody can kill you. No power. You are trained. He was learning all the wisdom of Egypt. Spiritual, physically, he was properly trained. Because he was being groomed as a Pharaoh one day. He was in favor. Pharaoh so much loved him. Preferred him even above his own first son. But he didn't know that God had a plan for him. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of vision and was mighty in words and in what? This. He was a man of authority. His word was law in Egypt. Was known. Wisdom and witchcraft and sorcery. Magical powers according to the idolized life of Egypt. Was a recognized prince of Egypt. Popular in words and in deeds. Before Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He was an achiever. Projected and groomed as the next Pharaoh of Egypt. They forgot to use him. He had to reform him first of all. He separated him from Egypt for 40 years. He reformed him first. Moses was a man of wisdom. He was a man of ungodly signs and wonders. And for God to communicate with him, what did God do? The man of God to appear to him through the original signs and wonders. The burning bush. They could do those things. Magician. So God had to appear as a superior signs and wonders. The Lord appointed that that had believed of the Egyptians from him. Reformed him and used him successfully for another 40 years. What are those foundational that had believe you must drop? Now is acceptable time to allow the man of war to reform your character. Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Saul's encounter with the Lord. Let me just take from verse 4 back up. And he fell to the eighth chapter 9 from reading from verse 4. And he fell to the eighth and had a voice saying unto him, Saul, so why persecuted thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. 
time has come for us to ask the Lord the same question. What do you want us to do, Lord? Which area do you want us to change in our life, Lord? He said, go to the city and I will tell you what you must, you must do. It's not an option. There are things we must do. They are not options to move forward in life. It's either you do them or no way. So you must do what I say you must do. Otherwise, you're out. Is that? That will not be our portion. Saul was a great persecutor of Christians. He was a murderer of Christians. Persecuted the Christian faith. But right from the mother's womb, the Lord had earlier ordained him as a vessel unto his kingdom. And at the appointed time for God to use him, God arrested him through a divine encounter, reformed his character, and used him unto his glory. You must be willing for God to reform your character and use you as Paul. Otherwise, one would die spiritually and physically without achieving God's purpose for him on earth. For Saul to be reformed and used by God, Saul submitted by asking the Lord a question. Lord, what would that have me do? Many of us and many more all over the world have come to the junction of life where we must ask the Lord the same question. If we must move forward in life, our characters must change. God arrested him and changed his character. When God changed his character, God deposited what he had ordained for him to work with and be achiever in life. And he ran with that character and did more work than most apostles. God is not telling you to change your character so that you'll be a failure. It's because you need to have a character that is in agreement with his spirit for you to be achiever in life. Saul allowed the Holy Spirit access to his mind for a reformation of character. The old man Saul died spiritually and the new man Paul resurrected. As a new man in Christ, Paul was bold enough to speak out in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2. Saul said something that many Christians are still contesting today. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2. It said, receive us we have wronged no man. Paul said, receiver, we have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defaulted no man. We have never killed anybody. Is this not the man that killed Christians before? No, he's not that man. No. He is not. And this man you are seeing today has never killed before. That man you saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2 has never killed before. That man you are seeing there is Paul. Paul is the one that is alive. Saul had died. Because God killed the spirit of Saul and put his character in a new man called Paul. So Paul began to move in the strength of the Lord because he had a new character, a new engine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And became a success in life. And when you come to say, right, he said, people have to receive because we are made. We have never done anything wrong to you people. Yes, we have never killed anybody. Yes, we have never cheated anybody. Yes, I have not done anything wrong to anybody. Yes, because he was operating a new character. All things have passed away. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Paul is a new creature. Saul had died. All things have passed away. Saul had passed away. Behold, all things are new. The new person is Paul. Character reformation dissolves and closes the old man chapter in your life. We read about Solomon. That's our opening scripture. 1 chapter 3, 1 to 14. Solomon recognized and brought his weaknesses before God and asked for reformation. Lord, I'm but a child to rule over this. You are great people. He said again, Lord, I am empty for I do not know, not understand the functions of government and governance. The people who have committed into my hands to rule and reign over are people of great substance and multitude and wisdom. He said, I need your wisdom to govern them. 
Because they can never be governed anyhow. Don't just be a ruler. Be a unique one for that matter. Before I started ministry, when I had the idea I was going to run ministry, I didn't know I was going to be a general overseer. I just knew I was, I was poor. But I knew I used to pray. I said, Father, give me money to take care of the less privileged. As a business, your mind said, give me money to take care of the less privileged. I prayed that prayer two years later. One day my pastor called me and said, the Lord said, the prayer you prayed has been answered. I said, amen. I didn't know the prayer, but I just said, amen. He said, the Lord said, you pray for him to give you money. Hey, eventually the money has come. Now, hey, amen. He said, but not the way you want me to do it. It has to be my own way. He said, I'm going to put my money in you, but you are going to run your ministry. Run your ministry? Okay. Maybe taking care of the poor in our church. He said, no, not in this church. But God said, he will talk to you about it. Fear came upon me. What do I know about ministry? What do I know about ministry? Where am I going to start? And he said, young man, God start your ministry. The Lord said, you are wasting time. Hey. So this thing is real. He confirmed what my pastor told me. Fear. And I wondered, the Lord said, I can do all things through the Lord that strengthens me. Then I began to pray. I don't just want to run any high ministry. I don't just want to run any high ministry. I want to run a ministry with a character. I don't want to copy other people what they are doing. I want you to lead my ministry, Lord. I want to see you. I want you to be in my ministry. I don't want to do this because other people are doing it. I just want you to be the head director. I'm still on that journey. He said, you will do well by running that program. I will put my money in your hands and you run that program and take care of the less privileged all over the world. We are still on that journey. We will get there in Jesus' name. Amen. You must know how to bring your weaknesses before God. Don't feel bigger and for God. He created you. You are naked before him. Turn those challenges. Because Solomon entered himself before God of all known man-made wisdom and knowledge in his life. The Lord honored him with wisdom, greatness, favor from above beyond human imagination. Solomon gave God materials to work with and God reformed his character. Refurbished him with greatness. What materials are you willing to give to God for your character reformation? Are you willing to open up your weaknesses to him and say, these are the areas I need your help. Like that man that told the Lord, help my unbelief, Lord. I don't think I have the faith to believe you, but help my unbelief. But I know you can hear my daughter. I might not have the qualification to receive that miracle. Help my unbelief. Today, many are being hindered by pride. I know it's all attitude. Many the advice and corrected are directed by the man of God, also the Lord. They had their mindset on what they want to do. You don't succeed in life that way. If God could appoint prophets over kings to guide them, that's why you have ministers and prophets God appointed to guide you. If you don't obey the man of God, you are likened to those kings that did not obey their prophets. Many of them do not obey their prophet, they end up badly. If you remember you don't obey your prophet, when God said this way, you're going wrong, this way, you're going wrong, change. You are likened to kings that refuse to obey their prophets. So people even go to the estate of persecuting the man of God, running the man of God, backstabbing him when he corrects them. You are likened to those kings that had the power to kill the prophet and they kill the prophet. You are using your mouth to kill your prophet because you don't have authority. Because if you had that authority, you are only kill the prophets. So you use the weapons of your disposal, your mouth, to gang up, to run the man of God down, to say negatives about him. And you think you will go free? You are being judged like those kings that kill their prophet because you are killing your prophet spiritually. 
when you reject the counsel of the prophet, the blessings of God rejects you too. But we don't know these things. When God says you are going wrong, this is the way to go. Then you get angry. You have rejected his counsel. How will the blessings come? That's why we must reform our characters today. We don't have to decide the ones we obey and the ones we don't obey. The Bible is complex. This morning we must let go of all that the Lord has been telling us to let go. This morning we must give the Lord our obedience, our humility, our trust and faith like Solomon did. Solomon said, I do not know anything, my child. Teach me the way I should go. And you can overcome my life. As children of God, as young workers, ministers, pastors, members, charity begins at home. Unteachable spirit and pride is a terrible foundation for failures in life. Saul the king refused character reformation. He ended badly. Eli and his sons ended badly. All about character. Samson ended badly. But he repented and God showed him this. Gaza, assistant of Elisha, ended badly. Character issue. Character issue. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was a man of wide character on terms. So he lost the kingdom that his father and grandfather, David, carefully and godly built. Character issue. All manner of works of flesh defines ungodly character. The fruit of the spirit activates good character. Hot temper, violent spirit, anger, bitterness, strife, unforgiveness, all point to ungodly character. When you get to the level where your pastor corrects you, rebukes you, and you repent for your misdeed, it means God is at work in your life. If you are still at that level where your pastor corrects you, rebukes you, you go behind and begin to run him down, it means the person is still wise spiritually. Character can make or destroy one. We're in spiritual business. We cannot deceive anybody. God will not force anybody to change. He will not force you to take a decision. He simply told Adam and Eve what they needed to know. The day they were fumbling and decided to dwell in unbelief. There was nothing he could do. It was a matter of choice. Today we must decide and make a choice. Push way forward. Character determines the Christ or the devil in one. Unteachable spirits. Pride of fertilizers to bad or ungodly character. And are picked to close doors to wisdom, favor, and greatness. Godly character thrives and excels through obedience, humility, and faith. Your positive or negative character cannot be hidden. No matter how much you strive to conceal them, you can never really run away from your shadows. One day, what is in you, whether positive or negative, will surely prop up. Today, God is said to reform our character. We must let go of many pains. When you go for what God does not want you to have, he will draw from you what he has planned to give to you. Bad on your hands. What are the things we must let go for him to come into our lives? What are the things? Begin to talk to him. One-on-one with the great master. If you confess your sins, if we confess our weaknesses, he is great and mighty to forgive us. What are the things that we must let go? What are the areas we must naked ourselves before this almighty God? Like Solomon had to naked himself before him and he covered him with garment of honor, garment of greatness, favor, and wisdom. We must talk to him this morning. Father, we need character reformation. For rendering our prophets and ministers, we say we are sorry. For deciding on the instructions we have to obey and the ones we don't need to obey, we are sorry, Lord. This morning we ask, what will you have us do, Lord? Like Saul asks, what do you want me to do, Lord? We are asking for new direction from you. We are asking that you refuel us. Refurbish us. Remove that diehard belief from our minds, our spiritual and body. Make us to be who you want us to be. 
people you have created in your image and likeness. Remove the spirit of soul from us. The spirit that you gave a new heart and he went back to his vomit. We ask, Father, purge us from that kind of terrible spirits. The way you separated Abraham and you walked in obedience, Father, separate us. Separate us, Lord, from every power from our father's homes that is making us not to make ourselves available for you to reform us. Those powers, those relations, those friends that are hindering us. Those evil load from our families we are carrying. Family entanglement, social entanglement, ongoing entanglement that are hindering us. Those evil loads that draws us down does not allow our relationship with you to thrive. Father, you refund Moses. No matter how much he was laying it in the wisdom and acts of Egypt, you reformed him. There is nothing too hard for you to do. You can do it in our life, Lord. You can still do it in our life, Lord. We ask for that reformation of character. Father, reform us. Reform us. This morning we come before you the way Solomon came. We are but children in your sight, Lord. We do not have what it takes to be successful in life. Equip us, Lord, with your anointing of godliness. Equip us, Lord, with your garment of righteousness. Equip us, Lord, with your spirits of holiness. Plant your spirit of obedience in us. Equip our minds with the spirit of humility, Lord. Increase our faith. Help our unbelief. Help us to believe in your word. Help us to run with your instructions, Lord. Remove that mindset that makes us to do the things we want to do. Apostle Paul said, I find myself doing what I shouldn't have done. And what I wish to do, I find myself not doing them. Remove the doorways the enemy is using to struggle over our souls. Reposition our minds, Lord, only for your kingdom. Because we are children of God. The children of life. The people you have ordained to do mighty exploits in your kingdom. How will men come to terms who we are except they see your mighty works in our life? This morning, help us, Lord. Remove unteachable spirit from us. Remove pride from us. Remove disobedience. Remove all manner of works of flesh. Help us, Lord. Make a way for us, Lord. Father, we thank you for your mercies. We glorify you. Creating us a new heart, Lord. Come into our heart, Lord. Coming to stay. Coming to dwell. Coming to our life. Coming to stay. Coming to dwell. Oh yes, Lord. Renew your spirit in us. We receive the mind of Christ. We receive the right spirit. The right character. To be who you want us to be. To think like you. To act like you. To move like you. To reason like you. That you make us overcomers. And more than conquerors. To possess what you have done for us to possess on this earth. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for listening to the Anointed Word of Life by Pastor Ezekiel Chima of Anointed Assembly International Ministry. You can reach us at number 7A, Awoni Yelemo Street, Ajao Estate, off International Airport Road, Lagos or regiaradio.com For prayer and counseling please call plus 234-703-668-7445 May God richly bless you